Hi, my name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. We are going to have so much fun together. I hope that our conversations about pleasure light you up. And I hope they inspire you to reclaim your desires and create more space in your day to bring pleasure into your work, your family life, and yes, even your sex life. We will practice and explore the art of pleasure together. Let's play. Hello, everybody. This is Pasha Marlowe, and you're listening to the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. You are listening to solo episode two. And as you know, perhaps from my first solo episode, these episodes scare the shit out of me because they're always raw, vulnerable, unscripted, and fairly spontaneous because it's rare that I get an occasion to come into my studio and just record by myself. But my son just hopped on Xbox, which means I have a wee bit of time to talk to you all about something that I don't often talk about in front of him. Now, my son and my husband, which is helpful, know that I just wrote the book, My Next Husband Will Be a Lesbian. It's a good tip to let your husband know if you're going to write a book with him in the title. And he knew, and he's known for now a year when I started writing it, and it turned into a compilation book of stories from women um, all along the LGBTQ spectrum from curious to queer to bi to trans to lesbian to question. Oh my goodness, it's just a beautiful book um, with about 15 stories of um, women's coming out, uh, reclamation of power and desire and uh, a lot of a lot of heartbreak and a lot of hilarity, um, and I love that paradox. But I wanted to come to you today to talk to you not just about the book, which is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all the places, of course, um, but to tell you my story because so many of you are graciously listening to these podcasts and perhaps wondering who this fifty-year-old woman Pasha is behind the scenes. And my first episode focused on me as a mom parenting a chronically ill child. Um, I really needed to get that one out first because that's uh, honestly the majority of where my thoughts are throughout the day. Um, And so I'm coming to you with this more juicy conversation from the lens of being a wife um, in second marriage to a man and a mom of three. I have three lovely children. I have two adult children from my first marriage, Josh, who is uh, going to be 25 this year, and Emily, who's going to be 22, and Jamie, who is just 13. And so I'm in this really interesting part of my life where I'm reclaiming my womanhood, reclaiming my sexuality, reclaiming my pleasure, um, reclaiming my worth and, um, and my laughter, my joy and our innate state is joy. And so I decided at 50, it was about damn time that I started having some fun. And when I made that reclamation, really it just opened the floodgates. Once I started asking myself, what do I really want? 
I want so much more than I even knew I wanted. And I want more than I thought I could ever have. And I uh, deserve it and I'm worth it. And I just started to speak my truth, my radical truths about it. And one of those truths is that although I am married to a man and am raising a child and live in rural Maine on a dirt road with the proverbial white picket fence, I identify as bisexual. I do not have any evidence to back up my claim and it doesn't matter. I have a knowing. And that's all you need. You don't need to have physical experiences with other people to call yourself however you want to call yourself and identify, including bisexual, including lesbian, including polyamorous. You could have a polyamorous orientation and knowing and have no experience with multiple partners. So. I find that quite liberating and um, I'm enjoying so many fantastic conversations with my podcast guests about expansion and sex and sexuality and pleasure. And it's just been fascinating. And I love talking to guests um, all along the LGBTQ, LGBTQ spectrum and also in ages. I, the, my guest just recently was a 25 year old sexpert um, who's polyamorous and it's been just such a pleasure and joy to speak with her right after talking to a woman who is 65 and dealing with trauma triggers and how she moves through sexuality and sensuality and pleasure given um, past traumas. So it's a rich conversation, friends, and um, I think it's an important one to have. And I want you to know that the books that have been written about um, sexuality and polyamory that have been given to me in the past are sometimes hard to read, hard to purchase. Um, ethical slut um, was hard for me to even purchase. I'm like, I'm not a slut, I'm very ethical. And I don't even know if I could buy this book. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking maybe I should buy it on Audible so that it doesn't show up in the mailbox. And I wondered that too, in writing my next husband will be a lesbian, um, which, you know, is, not necessarily true, but just one of my many, many thoughts and something apparently a lot of women say. Um, but on the back, it's also saying like, this might be scary just to pick up this book in the bookstore if that's where you are. It might be scary just to even order the book. Um, so I honor you for having that curiosity and knowing that you want to listen to the conversation and perhaps even start to have the conversation with yourself or have a conversation with your partner or your best friend or your therapist or a family member, I think you are going to be pleasantly surprised at how understanding, compassionate, empathetic, expansive, creative, flexible, the people in your, in your life who love you are. I find that time and time again, that a lot of uh, women and friends of mine do not talk to their partners about their sexual desires because they're worried they're going to hurt their feelings, lose it all, ruin it all, lose the family, fill in the blank, all the fears. And I understand it. Those were my fears, as you'll listen in a moment when I read my first chapter. And um, I, I understand it. And it's, it's also so damaging to your 
emotional and physical, spiritual, energetic, sexual body to hold on to a secret, to hold on to shame. And when you can release some of those truths, starting with yourself and to others that you feel safe around, then you can start to lift that, that heavy burden, that heavy load that you're carrying um, and start to work through the, the shame and start to speak your radical truths um, to people that can hold space for you and all of your emotions. And part of my job is to empower women to speak their radical truths on live comedy stages. And I know that's taking it to the extreme. Like, not, let's not just say our truths out loud and in our therapy sessions and in our homes, but let's actually tell the world through comedy. For me, that works to see things through the lens of humor, especially the difficult darker emotions. I find it actually very therapeutic to see it through the lens of humor, to express it through the lens of humor, because I find that there's a lot of um, release and relatability in that. But if that's not your jam, then that's fine. So you can have a very um, soulful, quiet, private conversation with yourself or others too. But I wanted to share the first chapter in this book, which I wrote um, called The Messy Middle, that term comes up a lot in conversations with people where they're like, <clears throat> I'm starting to reclaim my desires and um, starting to have those conversations and the world isn't changing and falling apart yet, but it sure feels like if I release all of them, something's gonna shift and you're right, something will shift, but it doesn't all have to fall apart. I'm gonna take a swig of tea <clears throat> and read to you the first chapter of My Next Husband Will Be a Lesbian, The Messy Middle. The title, My Next Husband Will Be a Lesbian, came to me like a calling over a decade ago. I knew in my bones that I needed to write it, but I figured it would be a comedic piece about my frustration with men or the patriarchy and penises in general. I mean, doesn't every woman dream of running away to a women's commune to spend their days in emotional sharing circles and their nights dancing brawless around a fire? Doesn't skinny dipping sound more fun with humans who empathize with cellulite, C-section scars, and loose labia? Is it just me <laughs> you can relate to this? Over the past 10 years, however, more serious questions about my sexuality have risen, and the nature of this book has changed. And I began to ask questions like, does every heterosexual woman have to imagine another woman to have an orgasm as I do? No. So does that make me a lesbian married to a man? What if I've enjoyed some sex with men when I wasn't distracted by past sexual abuse, infidelities, to-do lists? Does that mean I'm bi? Do I have to have actual live experiences to back up these claims? Or can I identify as LGBTQ plus if all the knowing is in my head? Yes. Netflix says I'm definitely on the spectrum. I've been an LGBTQ advocate since high school and always curious about intimacy with women. But I'm faithful to my husband and a mom, for goodness sake. So discerning if I'm gay or bi or queer, is queer really an okay word now? Or any of the other letters in the alphabet soup? It's been so intimidating. I'm still trying to learn all the terms and the pronouns. There is a lot of grammatical confusion in inclusion. Besides, my second husband and I finally figured out how to live together after 14 years of marriage. He does the dishes, 
I cook. He takes out the trash. I control the thermostat. He has affairs. I work on forgiveness. Why would I give this up? Oh, and we're saving for retirement. So when we turn 80, we can take up a hobby like traveling in an RV and visiting imaginary grandchildren. We're even talking about moving to the suburbs soon so our son can ride his bike to school and we can eat s'mores at neighborhood barbecues. If I were to decide to come out, what would that even look like? Coming out is for people who are not so rooted, right? Also, would I even be accepted into the LGBTQ world? Sure, I lead queer support groups and wear love is love shirts, and I may have ordered rainbow hair attachments, but I'm a menopausal woman. It's like an awkward second adolescence, this time with chin hair and a dry vulva. Who knows if a woman will ever even want to have sex with me or if my parts would even work. Plus, I'm stuck in my ways and frankly, too old to learn new tricks. So why write this from the messy middle of figuring out what I want and who I am? Wouldn't it make more sense to wait and see how my romantic life unfolds before writing the damn book? Maybe. Wouldn't it be more logical to come out to my friends before disclosing it in a book? Well, sure, I'll do a group Zoom reveal. Even if I were to write this here very book about my sexuality, it should be when my children are adults and my parents and my dreams are already dead, right? It wouldn't feel right to make waves now given the state of the world. Life is challenging enough for everyone. I certainly wouldn't write a book during a pandemic when book tours and live speaking engagements are all but impossible. Not to mention that coming out queer during a national lockdown is like the worst timing ever. Even if I did actually want to start socializing in the LGBTQ plus community, meeting new people in person right now could literally kill me. Also, when my husband is fully aware, while my husband is fully aware that I'm writing this book, he doesn't actually think I'm going to publish it or suggest other people actually read it. Honestly, if this book already existed without me and my friends having to write it, that would be great. I would have loved to have a like maybe by Bible or Polly for the Pollyannish where I want my Abby to reference while figuring out my plan. There are a few books out there about navigating sexuality and heteronormative marriages, but they don't rep really represent the generation X to Z and none come in large font, which just seems cruel. I wanted a book that felt like I was holding up a mirror to my soul. I wanted to know my options. So here we are. I'm monogamous, traditional, quite boring. I'm in bed before 10. I'm really shy at parties. I have long hair, styled equally on both sides. No tattoos. I eat meat. I've been playing the game of life for 50 years and have always shoved a blue peg beside me in the tiny plastic car. Is there a bench seat option for a pink peg to hang with us up front? Only in trucks, you say? <laughs> Go figure. I owned a minivan and I liked it. Like the more kids in there, the better. There, I said it. And isn't the polyamorous lifestyle for people who are promiscuous and believe in unicorns? Would that arrangement make me the bottom of the V? And if she is married, are we like now a W? Honestly, some days I don't have time for a shower, much less a second partner. I can't imagine how any of this seems like a good idea. 
I'm better off just leading support groups and encouraging others to speak their radical truths out loud and on live comedy stages. My good enough life is fine for me, though I would never encourage another woman to settle for a good enough or fine life for herself. So that's odd. I'm my worst client sometimes. What if everything changes in my life after I publish this book? Or even worse, what if nothing changes? Did I mention I haven't slept well in decades? Every time I go to the doctor, she tells me my hormones are out of balance. My cortisol levels are through the roof and I need to calm the fuck down. She gave me medical marijuana and I'm too nervous to use it. I'm one of those people who doesn't do drugs, doesn't drink. I don't even jaywalk. I'm probably just a straight woman with ADHD and an aversion to routine. Only I've tried all the righteous or woke things to feel better. Therapy, yoga, acupuncture, earthing, journaling, celery juice, sticky note affirmations, finding work that lights me up, finding vibrators that light me up, chocolate dipped in peanut butter. I still don't feel well. Anxiety, chronic pain, fantasies of scissoring plague me. I think holding my thoughts inside my brain is killing me. Can you relate? Do you have secrets stuck inside your body that cause you pain? My throat is sore. My chest is heavy. My hips have been replaced. If I wasn't menopausal, I would think I'm pregnant. My pelvis is swollen and leaky. It's like another person is growing inside of me, but I'm too rusty and afraid to birth her. What would happen if she revealed herself to the world? What if all of these longings are better off simply left unsaid? What if I never experienced being with a woman and I feel like my life was unlived? What if I finally had the experience and I don't like it? What if I realized that sex never feels safe or fun? What if I find her and then she leaves me? What if my husband decides this isn't a good idea? What if I walk directly into the fire and burn? What if I walk out of the fire and rise? What if my home is built from those ashes? What if I actually stand in my power without fear of judgment? What if I stop playing small and practice what I preach? What if I speak my mind even though my voice is shaking? What if just one story in this book liberates one woman to stand proudly in her truth? What if just one prompt from the end of this book sparks an honest conversation in a marriage that leads to hope and creative solutions? What if just one word from these brave women brings awareness and compassion to one parent of a child questioning their sexuality? What if this book can reduce shame and loneliness and save a life. Now I remember the calling to reveal all of the heartache and hilarity. The title is messy because the mess is the message. It isn't easy. It's just true. And the possibilities are plentiful. Chapter one of my next husband will be a lesbian. As I always say, it is scary and courageous to be vulnerable. So there you have it, friends. 
my heart, my pleasures, my desires, my fears, my shame, my pain points on a platter for you. Why do I do this? Because there is no one way liberation. As I liberate my fears and liberate my desires, somebody out there, perhaps you is listening and feels inspired to do the same and make the change that you wish to see in your world. Thank you all for so kindly and patiently and lovingly listening and supporting me. Please continue to listen to the podcast with all these fantastic guests. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast. That means the world and maybe even a review um, to let me know what you think. And absolutely anytime you want to reach out to me, please do so. You can go to my website, pashamarlo.com. You can email me at pasha at pashamarlo.com or find me through Messenger on Instagram, Facebook under Pasha Marlo. I offer individual coaching and group coaching and some fantastic therapeutic comedy programs that will crack you up and crack you open. Such a pleasure being here with you all today. Mm -hmm.